I'm excited to let you know that the sponsor for the podcast for the month of August is Buck Knives. We're doing a really great giveaway, the Buck 119 and the Buck 112. I personally own both of these knives, and they're fantastic, and I love the Buck Company, Christian Company, with every single box you get, you get the message of salvation on a little card and a call to repentance. It's just fantastic. Listen to their ad and then enjoy the show. Every hunter knows that it's not about the success, it's all in the pursuit. The new Pursuit series of fixed blades and folders by Buck Knives has you covered. Proudly made in the USA, the Pursuit series is available in two sizes, large with or without a gut hook and small. The non-slip handle will keep your knife comfortably in hand while you process your harvest. Gear up for the season at BuckKnives.com. While you're there, use promo code BUCK20 at checkout and save an extra 20%. For a limited time, offer expires September 1, 2019. Valid only at BuckKnives.com. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. Come alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Good morning. I hope you're doing well today. We're continuing our series on biblical worldview, and today we have arrived at self-defense. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to talk to all the listeners about your word and how we can view all of life through the lenses of your word. We don't want to take the TV recent happenings and put those as our lenses with your word behind them. Lord, we want to see your word and then see all of life through the lenses of what you have to say. And so help me to talk clearly and be faithful to think through self-defense in the most biblical way I can. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before we get started, I want to remind you of a really great giveaway we have going on this month. Buck Knives is our sponsor for the month, and they are giving away a Buck 112 and a Buck 119. The 112 is a great everyday carry knife. That's my knife that I carry through the fall and winter, and I love it. If you've not been into knives before, sign up, and maybe this makes you a knife guy. And if you're a lady listening, sign up, and and you can be a knife lady as well. It's a great knife, and the 119 is a fixed blade knife, and that's not an everyday carry, but that's a take out of the woods, take camping, take fishing, take hunting kind of knife that you can really do a whole lot of things. If you want to whittle or just you know, anything you need to do with a knife, it can take care of it. I have both of these knives. They're great. And I really love the Buck Company and thank you will too. So make sure and go sign up. Make sure and go sign up from Twitter links and Facebook links. You'll find it. Just look and find it and, and you can go and sign up. There's not too many people that have signed up, so you may just be the winner. Sign up today. There's just a few days left. Now, Let's think through self-defense. There are many Christian pacifist groups. There have been for a long time. And it's all the way up to modern day. And you look at the Seventh-day Adventists, and they're not really Christian groups. That's kind of outside of the Christian world, but they use the Bible a lot. Uh, uh, Anabaptists historically were. Today you have Gregory Boyd, who is an open theist and got a lot of issues, but he's got a big following in kind of liberal, in liberal circles. But he is a Christian pacifist. And then I think Preston Sprinkle is a pacifist as well. And their go-to verse, and the go-to verse of almost every pacifist that I've known, is Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, we know that we're told by Jesus that, that we are to not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. 
And what the Christian pacifist does is they look at this do not resist the one who is evil, and they make that the basically the hermeneutical principle of all the Bible. And they say, see, we're not to resist the one who is evil. It's so clear. How do we get around this? And people tease this out so far that they actually say, if somebody breaks into your home, you should not defend your family. I couldn't believe my ears when I heard Greg Boyd say that several years ago. In fact, I've heard John Piper talk about before that he doesn't like to to take up arms or he doesn't believe in he doesn't believe in taking a gun and and resisting the one who is evil and shooting somebody who would come into your home. And I vehemently disagree with that. There's a few things I disagree with Piper on, but that's one of them. And I want us to look at the picture as a whole and get just the whole Bible view of this because we can't say, well, Matthew 5, we can't just, just disregard that. We have, we have to hold on to it because it's in the Bible and we believe all the Bible. So we have to say, turn the other cheek and don't resist the one who is evil. But that isn't all that Jesus said. And that's not all of what God's word says. And so let's look at the Bible as a whole, starting in Genesis chapter 2, when God tells Adam to work and keep the garden. In verse 15, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and keep it. And you know this, within the word keep it includes the responsibility of Adam to protect what's in the garden, protect what's valuable. He was to protect his wife Eve. But what did Adam do? Well, in one sense, he obeyed Matthew chapter 5. He resisted the one who is evil. He didn't resist the enemy who came in. And because he didn't resist the enemy, because he didn't stomp on the enemy, the serpent's head, his wife was harmed and deceived. And then he ends up being punished for it. He should have resisted the one who is evil in the garden, but he didn't. And so God brought judgment upon him and we are all experiencing the effects of that since then. But the promise is in Genesis chapter three, that there's going to be one who's going to come and he is going to, in verse 15, he's going to do something about this. He's not going to be passive. He's not going to resist the one who is evil. He is going to be the protector of that, which is valuable of that, which he loves. And it says, In verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise his head and you shall bruise his heel. The hope is that this very Jesus who spoke in Matthew chapter 5 of resisting the one who is evil, our hope and everything we bank our trust in, in Jesus, is that he was the, the great defender of the bride, that he actually did go to war against the enemy, that he did slay the dragon, that he did stomp on the serpent's head and defend his wife. This is the hope of Christianity, is that Jesus was active, not passive. He did what the first Adam failed to do. And if we just take Matthew chapter 5, again, as our principle by which we see all of the rest of the Bible, and say, see, resist the one who is evil, we miss aspects of Jesus, because that's not all that Jesus did, and we miss aspects of being fully biblical. And then consider Revelation 19, and let's just ask if this sounds like the the Matthew chapter 5 verse, okay? Then I saw heaven opened up, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like the flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe and dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword from which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with an iron rod. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The pacifist has no frame of reference whatsoever for Revelation 19. 
And as we look at these passages, we have to see that Jesus did for the bride, and he will defeat the enemies of the world. He will actually make war and from his mouth have a sword that's going to come out and strike down the nations. We have to see the Bible as a whole. Is the Bible pacifistic? Does it call us to stand back and let our homes be destroyed or let our families be harmed? Absolutely not. Jesus was not a pacifist. Adam was. And we don't want to be like Adam. Conclusion, when we come to the Bible, we have to take all of the Bible in its place. And wisdom and prudence and sobriety of mind knows when we are to turn the other cheek and when we are to take up the sword or even take up the gun couple other passages let's consider. Luke 22 verse 36. Now we know that when Jesus sent out the 72 he told them to not take with him a money bag or a knapsack. But now we see Jesus saying, but now let the one who has the money bag take it and likewise a knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. Jesus told them to buy a sword which was modern weaponry of the day. Now friends this is this gets into gun rights in our country and what the Bible teaches about gun control and gun rights and the collection of those things. This country gave us the right to bear arms. We, we have the right to bear arms. And the reason in America we have the right to bear arms, it's not to procure for us being hunters in the future. It's not that we would just have weaponry to go out and to shoot a deer or to shoot a squirrel or to shoot a rabbit and to eat it and fill our freezers full of, of meat. Although those are great things that we can do with guns, the United States government gave us the right to bear arms to protect ourselves against the government. We have the right to protect ourselves against tyranny. And in the same way Jesus said, take up the sword, which is modern weaponry of the day, we should have the right to take up whatever modern weaponry we have available to us in the day and keep it in our homes. We should be able to carry it on our hip. We should be able to protect anything that God has given us, not to use weapons on the offense and to go on the offense and cause problems like terrible people do, but we are able to biblically take up arms to protect what is valuable to us and what God has called us to protect as Jesus protected that which was valuable to him. In Exodus chapter 22, we're told that if somebody breaks into your home and you kill them, that you are not to be held responsible because the thief is the one who broke into the home. And then we look at Nehemiah with the whole, with the sword and the trowel. He knew what it was to work with a trowel in one hand and a sword in another. And friends, this is all over the Bible. We need to think through with gun control wise options clearly, and Christians are going to disagree on what those wise options are with mental health and restrictions that are given to people who have committed crimes with guns before, and we never need to act as if crimes committed with guns are no big deal. We should grieve when evil people use morally neutral things in evil ways. But let us think biblically and not blame things that shouldn't be blamed. Let's blame and hold responsible people not morally neutral things. This is a simple phrase that everybody mocks, but it's just so, so true. Guns cannot kill people. They're not alive. People do that. And we need people to be changed by the power of the gospel to be able to defend like Jesus rather than be passive like Adam or wicked like Nero. 
But let us not have the TV rule the day and emotions rule the day. Let us equip our people to think through the Bible and think through the lenses of the Bible for all of life. Jesus was not a pacifist, and neither should you be. We need to know the time and place to turn the other cheek. If it comes down to somebody mocking you or punching you personally, be a man and turn the other cheek. But if it comes to somebody punching your family, be a man and don't be like Adam. Be like Jesus. Take up arms and protect that which you love and that which God loves. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.